Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Hey everyone, welcome back to Make Money Behave. I'm your clumsy hostess, Maria Casillas, and I'm excited that you're here today. So I like to share stupid with you. Uh, When I say stupid, I mean when I'm stupid. I like to share some of my mistakes with you because I never, ever, ever want you to think that I've got this whole thing called life figured out because I'm so far from having it figured it out. Uh, But this is one of those things where it's not like, you know, I did something totally stupid. It was just super clumsy. Uh, It happened a couple days ago. I'm going to tell you the story in just a second, but I want to let you know that as I was thinking earlier today, um, it really does apply to life and money and how we can, you know, help us up. So it's going to be quick. It's going to be a little bit gross, uh, but I'm going to share it with you and just let you, let you take the lesson as you will. So a couple days ago, um, with this whole thing going on with everyone, you know, like sheltering in place and such, obviously we've been eating in a lot more. We still, we still do grab um, food out, by the way. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what your belief is about that, whether it's dangerous or not, or you know, whatever. But uh, we've definitely, with between the pandemic, sh- um, you know, sheltering in place and the move, you know, trying to unpack all the boxes and all that stuff, there have been many times when it just made more sense for us to grab something to eat, and so we did that. But um, this last week, that's not been the case. It's been like, okay, we've got some food at home. Let's go ahead and make what we have. Not even, we haven't even gone to the grocery store a lot. Um, But the other day I said, I've got this meal prep kit that I'd like to use. It was one that I purchased from a uh, like a direct sales company and uh, it's it's really slick you guys I'm not going to tell you the name of it because I don't even know if they sell it anymore but um, it's really cool like it actually has a whole thing where you buy the products that you know have the, their products in it and then it gives you a list of here are the grocery things that you need here they have labels for you to actually put on the freezer bags it's just it's super slick anyway um, I saved it I bought it about a month and a half two months ago and I saved it for when we moved and just the other day I'm like, you know what, let's, it's time to get that out. And so I went to the store and got some of the meats that were on sale for that kit. And I decided I was just going to do four of the meals in there. The kit actually is equipped to do 10 meals. I made one of the meals that I didn't freeze. And then I just wanted to freeze four additional ones. So two nights ago, it was after dinner. And I just told my husband, look, I'm going to spend some time prepping these so I can get them in the freezer. And that way I don't have to worry about forgetting because that's that I sometimes I do that too. Like I'll go to the store, get meat for whatever something I'm gonna prep it, and then I forget all about it and it goes to waste and I just I get frustrated. So anyway, this time I said I'm just gonna take the time and I'm gonna do it. So I went and I started doing it. I think I had probably I was almost Uh, probably 80% of the way into this whole thing. I had chopped everything I needed to chop. Uh, I had trimmed most of the things that I needed to trim. And then I had, I was on the last onion that had to be sliced. There were lots of, there was lots of other stuff that needed to be sliced too. And, And I know how to use a knife, but apparently I forgot this day. So on the very last onion that I needed to slice, and it was probably the last 
like two, last two cuts that I even need to make. And I was using a very sharp, very new knife. And my pointer finger decided that it was going to just kind of get in the way of the said knife. And I, it was, it, unfortunately, it was one of those things that you could kind of see it happening in slow motion. Like my mind saw my finger going under the knife and yet I couldn't stop it. Like just, I know you guys are probably like, what in the world is she talking about? Um, but that's really what happened. And and so like I'm actually saying, no, I can see this slow motion happening. And um, I definitely sliced it, not just once, but kind of twice. Like it was like, I, I maybe because my mind was trying to stop it from happening. I, I don't know, but I definitely sliced it in two different spots and immediately ran and got a um, a paper towel to try to stop the bleeding. And my husband's like, hey, are you, know, are you okay? <laughs> because he heard it. He didn't see it, but he heard it. And uh, I said, well, you know, I'm personally okay. Like, I, I'm not going to faint or anything like that. I said, but I don't know. I don't know if the cut is going to be okay. He's like, well, would you like me to grab you a Band-Aid? Uh, yeah, hun, I appreciate that. But a Band-Aid's not going to do anything right now. Like I could, I could just tell the bleeding wouldn't stop. And so I said, I really think, now here, here's where this is important, right? This is where the story actually is applicable to our everyday lives. I said, I'm pretty sure that if I can stop the bleeding, that I can allow this to heal on itself, on its own, excuse me. So that's what I did. I said, I just need to put some pressure on this and I need to get this to stop bleeding. And once that's done, then I'll let the healing process just kind of take its place. Well, I waited and I waited and I waited and I did it. I mean, I wasn't bleeding out or anything because I actually had pressure on this wound. And so as long as I applied enough pressure, the bleeding stopped, right? But there was no way I could just keep applying pressure over and over and over, like forever, indefinitely. Now this happened probably around nine o'clock at night. And around 10.30, my 16-year-old came out. Actually, she's 15. Uh, but my 15-year-old came out and she said, uh, mom, don't you think it's time to go get help with that? And I said, no, I do not want to, I don't want to go into an emergency room because this is 1030 at night. So there's no urgent care, right? And the only option I have is a hospital or an ER. And I said, I really don't want to go in there. I don't want to expose myself to all the extra germs. It's just not like, that's the last place I want to go. And she said, okay, mom, I understand that. But, you know, it's been an hour and a half. Do you really think that you're going to be able to get this to stop bleeding on your own? And I told my husband, like, well, you know, I probably... I probably could keep it from bleeding all over the place if, if I just keep enough pressure, but I am getting tired and I just don't know how long I'll be able to keep that pressure. Plus by then, my thumb, which was the thing actually like holding my finger together, uh, my thumb was starting to lose a little bit of um, feeling as well because the, the pressure was on the thumb. So I decided to give in around 10.30, 10.45, and um, I called a nearby emergency room that is just an emergency room. It's not an actual hospital. I figured that would probably be a lot quicker than going to an actual hospital and waiting forever, and I'd probably be exposed to fewer people there. And so I called ahead just to make sure that that was the case. They said there was only one person waiting in line, um, so I went there. I tell you what, you guys, that was the slickest ER visit I've ever had in my life. I just want you to know that from the time I left my driveway to the time I came back to my driveway, it was only about an hour. And this thing is a good 15, 20 minutes away. So that's telling you how quickly I was able to get in and out of that ER. But here's part of the, here's part of the point. I knew that 
if I could just get that to stop bleeding, I would be fine. That's lesson number one. Lesson number two was that it took a little bit of pressure to keep that from bleeding. That's number two. Lesson number three, though, was that I ended up not being able to do it by myself. And as much as it it bothered me to have to go to the inconveniences, admit that I, I needed that help, to expose myself to other things, other vulnerabilities, I still went ahead and did that. And I had this idea that I was going to need stitches. I was at least willing to look at the idea of stitches. And when I got there, the doctor said, we have a couple options. Let's start with this one first. We're going to try to glue it together first. And if that doesn't work, then we will go to stitches. And I told him how much I appreciated that approach, that instead of doing overkill and you know going right to the, the most expensive and the most painful um, alternative, how about we do the least invasive alternative and see if that works first and then decide from there. So that's what we ended up doing. And he did say that it was a good thing I went because he said, he said I actually cut a small artery. And because I, I cut that small artery, the chances of it actually stopping the bleed would, was not going to happen without some sort of tourniquet or something. And even then, he said that I, I sliced it in such a way that it probably would not have healed on its own without some sort of bondage there. And so that's what he ended up doing. He put some glue on there and waited to see when he removed the tourniquet if the glue was able to hold that together and thankfully it was and so I was able to avoid stitches and I drove myself back home and now here I sit a couple days later. It looks pretty gross to be honest with you um, but it's healing and I haven't had to put pressure on that as much so I was able to um, kind of go about my, the rest of my day. Now every once in a while I do jam it and I'm like oh yeah that was injured. I, I almost forgot forgot about that and I, I try to baby it a little bit um, but I, I can still live my life as if that didn't happen in in most areas so here's the thing guys tell me how many maybe it's just me but tell me how many parallels there are there to when a client goes through that process of deciding whether or not they want to work with me I I guarantee you that they go through all of those things like they they have a bleed, right? Like whether it's, oh my God, I keep bleeding money. I've said that before. And I don't know if you've said that before, but I know I've said that before. Like when we just keep spending, 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 and we don't really have a plan and we're not sure where it's going. And I've used the term before, God, honey, I feel like we're just bleeding money right now. And I know that clients feel the same way. I'm just bleeding money. And then you say to yourself, if I could just stop the bleed, I'd get this under control and I could heal my situation on its own. It'll just kind of happen. So how does that happen? Well, I'm just going to put a little bit of pressure on this. I'm going to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to, I'm going to go in and I'm going to use coupons and I'm going to, you know, put pressure on myself to make more money or spend less money or, or whatever. When, when really what's going on is all stuff in our heads, right? So we put pressure on ourselves to try to stop the bleed and you can do that for so long, but eventually your thumb's going to get tired. Eventually, you're going to fall asleep and you're going to let go of that pressure. Something's going to happen and the bleed's going to start all over again. Well, when is it time to go to a doctor? When is it time to get a little bit of help? When is it time to put on a tourniquet and say, okay, here's how we're going to stop the bleed, but we can't just stop the bleed. 
If that guy had put on the tourniquet just to stop the bleed and we hadn't fixed the actual wound, I would have lost my finger because the, the finger needs the blood, right? And so same thing. If you, if you put pressure on it forever and you just stop the bleed, but you don't actually deal with what's going on in your head, the relationship that you have with money, the emotional attachment, the, the mental stuff that goes on, dude, you're just going to lose your finger. That's what's going to happen. So let's, let's get that bondage going. And here's the thing. When I work with clients, I do the same thing that that doctor did. I don't go straight to stitches. Why go to stitches if glue will work? Now, I'm open to stitches. If we need a severe change in thought and in behavior, then we'll get there. But I know, and you know, that going straight to that is not going to be effective. So instead, what do we do? We, we baby step our way into those changes. We do 10% at a time. We try the glue first. Let's try and see if this works. We'll try this method a little bit, and then we're going to take off that tourniquet. And if, if taking off that tourniquet makes the blood rush and all of a sudden it opens up, then we know that the glue didn't work. We know that that method didn't work. It wasn't enough. And we got to go to the next level up. And that's how I do coaching. I hope that it wasn't too gross for me to describe some of that for you, but that you understand why that was such a, an amazing parallel to how we come to the conclusion that we need help and then how I actually help people as well. So anyway, I know that that was probably a long um, drawn out version of how your clumsy hostess cut her finger one night trying to meal prep. Uh, But I appreciate you listening and tuning in. And I just, I hope that it resonates with you and that you understand what I'm talking about. If you are ready for that help, if you're ready to come to the doctor, if you will, just go to chatwithmc.com. Let's find out what your situation looks like. Let's find out how bad that cut really is. And maybe, maybe I'm the one to help you fix that. Maybe I'm not. But when you decide that I am that right fit for you, it's such an easy decision, guys. I mean, like, you'll know. You'll know. And when you're ready, you just say, I'm ready. And if you think that you don't have the money for that right now, you're, you're wrong. People are signing up for coaching right now because they know that this is an opportunity to get things right for themselves. So many people are looking at what's going on right now as an opportunity to take the extra time for themselves, to look at what their situation really is. This is kind of like peeling back that skin and really kind of seeing what the wound is. People are taking advantage of that right now, and that could be you. Go to chatwithmc.com. We'll get you on the calendar, and we'll see what we can do. All right, you guys, thanks for affording me this little um, gross story. (laughs) I really appreciate you tuning in. As always, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.